This is Customer Experience Leaders, a podcast produced by Rated. It's a show where we reveal the secrets of how great brands delight their customers. One of the key things to remember with messaging is it's not a functional medium, it's an emotional medium. People just don't do functional things. They want to respond. They want to express their feelings or, and they want to talk and they want to chat. They say good morning. They say thank you. They say I love you. That's the voice of Craig McCosker. He's the product manager of mobile at ABC News Digital. I'm your host, Adam Jaffrey. And I'm Michael Momsen. So, Michael, we are speaking to somebody from a news organisation, which is... All right, I, can I correct you? You are speaking. You're flying solo <laughs> in this one. Unfortunately, I was travelling. I think I was in Singapore and I couldn't make it. And I so desperately wanted to join this interview. But uh, yes, Adam, you, you, uh, you held down the fort for me. I did. Um, so, all right. Correction. I'm speaking to somebody from a news organisation. <laughs> and Michael, we'll get your feedback uh, sure. and, and takeaways at the end of the episode. So, this is a bit of a change for us because we've spoken to a lot of brands, but ABC has done some phenomenal work over the past year or so um, with a chatbot that they've developed, um, and it's called the ABC News Chatbot. And if you follow ABC News on Facebook Messenger, you can have a conversation with ABC News about the top stories for the day. And so, it's a phenomenal piece of work. It's um, from a technology perspective, from a copywriting perspective, and just from an overall brand architecture piece. It's a very impressive piece of technology that they've built. And Craig is the man in charge of this. So, on today's episode, I speak to Craig about what the chatbot is, how it actually works behind the scenes, and why it's been so successful. There's quite a few customer experience lessons that we can take away from uh, from this. So, um, All right. I'm looking forward to it. It's a great discussion. So, I started off by asking Craig the story behind how the ABC News chatbot came to be. So, well, the first thing you need to know about is Facebook Messenger. And I assume a lot of people will already know about Facebook Messenger. In Australia, it's, it's huge. It's the biggest messaging platform by by. By far, maybe my Apple's is up there, but you know, Messenger is more than 11 million active monthly users. So it's yep. you know a place where people talk to their chat with their friends and family, uh, mostly. But Facebook introduced a, a bot platform to it, was which was a way to automate responses to people to build a presence in Messenger, so that you know it was just like adding a person. You could add a business or a media organisation. In our case. It's a more personal experience where they're sitting there amongst, say, your friends and family who are also there and will send you, if you want, send you messages and then you res- you respond. We've gone for a very button-driven approach so you don't have to remember any commands or anything. We'll have buttons for latest news. But the essence of the experience is that we've broken the news down into you know small bite-sized updates that are, are chatty and that you can basically quickly get a top news update, uh, you know, all stories you need to know. Some are a bit more fun and lighter than what people are probably normally associate with news. We've made a big effort to make it sort of a more uh, a more emotionally balanced experience because we're in this environment where you're there with friends and family. So and so we sort of want to belong a bit more. So we're trying to be. The idea is that the bot is like a newsy friend, a, a friend who you know who knows you and. It's not just going to give you bad news all the time. That it's a variety, and there's a bit of fun in there. We, we've got we try and end the main stories with a, a fun gif every day, um, and people <laughs> loved that. And that's those little touches that are important. Yeah. 
you know, the news isn't an unending stream coming at you. We're mm. trying to, our, the, the core of what we do is around, this is what you need to know to be across the news. But we've got lots of other features in there too that are around that we can alert you in, in various areas when something happens. So the biggest one, of course, is breaking news. Um, so we've got well over 100,000 people who subscribe to get breaking news updates. And so we'll push that to you in Messenger. So it does come like a friend. Well, not like a friend, but you know, like if a friend messaged you, you um, and you get a message from them, well, this will come from us, but it'll be about a news event. But we've broken that down so you could just get, you know, tennis updates during the Australian Open. Uh, and we see a lot of people going, oh, I just want the tennis. I don't want the news. And so the bots are quite effective in that so that you can just come in, just sign up for that, then delete the bot. You know, it's, you're not down, really downloading anything. It's mm-hmm. very easy access. And one of the surprises was we were very focused on that notification service because we think that's really valuable. And we're breaking that down into politics and we do event coverage like the Oscars or, um, or any big events that come up. We will often do a, cu- a custom or live service around those to keep you up to date, which is going to be amazing, you know, amazingly helpful for people during emergencies going into the future. But the, one of the interesting things was that we made a sort of a morning summary that you can subscribe to it. You know, we've mm-hmm. got various times that you can, so you can you know, get it when it's convenient for you. And so that we send you a quick summary of the news and then you can tap through and then go through the full you know, morning bulletin. And people love that because they were just going, it reminds me to check the news. Yeah, I love it. Part of the audience <laughs> we were after is like, we were after the casual users on Facebook who hadn't, didn't really have a news habit. So we were, we were trying to be more approachable to them to bring them to, you know, here's a way you can get news that's convenient yeah, that- and, and a bit of fun. And, uh, and also, uh, yeah, it, it comes to you. So you don't have to remember to go check. And, and people really, really responded to that a bit. Like just that it reminds me to check the news, which mm-hmm. we were surprised at because everyone talks about the end of, you know, appointment viewing, say, on TV going at one time. But it doesn't mean that people, people still don't want to be helped with having sort of good habits, so to speak. I think um, the ABC Newsbot has built a news consumption habit within me when I when I didn't have one before. So, you know, I'm a I'm a fan. I'm a I'm a huge subscriber, and I and I love the service, and it delivers a lot of value to my life. This is an entirely new way of interacting with the news. You know, literally texting ABC News, and they text you back. All the, the top stories and it's kind of like a little summary. So, you know, you, you get the, the gist of all the top stories. Um, and then if you want more information, you can drill down and, and, you know, drill into the stories. It's really a new user experience paradigm for the public um, who consume news. You know, I think you started to touch on it there, but why did ABC News develop this chatbot? Well, we've got, you know, Along with many, many, many media organisations, we are trying to reach a younger audience mm-hmm. and to be relevant as uh, you know, digital technology moves on. The name Auntie is great, but we don't want to be seen as you know a relic of a you know of the last media age. Um, so we are very focused on looking at people's habits and and how they are changing and just seeing how can we fit in with people's lives. Um, what can we do to be relevant to them? With the, with the new technologies and the, and the habits they will bring. So we're looking at the massive growth of messaging. You know, it's just becoming you know, bigger than social media. 
And not only that, it's like it's the new formats that are coming that we need to understand, new ways of interacting and new relationships. We need to understand those. So as well as going out there and sort of putting something out there that we think will attract a, a new audience to the ABC and show that we are relevant and show that we can deliver them something, there is also the element of being on top of new forms of communication because that's what we do. The big play with this was attracting a younger, more female audience. We, we've gone a lot broader than that, um, but we've achieved that objective of, of being able to reach out and, and bring this audience in who then went, wow, we didn't expect this from the ABC. It's so yeah. innovative. Now, we think we've been in the digital group for so long, uh, you know, we, we feel like we're innovative, but the message obviously hasn't gone out to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't get the memo. Um, you know, we've, we were very early on with the website as far as news, and we've been a leading presence there. Um, but you've got this potential group. We're not going to go to websites, and so we've got to reach out to those. Um, it sort of came off the back of we'd had a success with push notifications with our app as well, and we also took a similar conversational approach there. It's like not just throwing out the bald fact, but, hey, tapping someone on the shoulder and telling them, how would you do that? And then mm -hmm. what, what's their next question? And so it's not just a straight line that you send. It's, it's, there's a lot of thinking, a lot of crafting going on. And we were getting good at that. And we felt that messaging too was the next extension of what apps were doing with push alerts, that messaging mm. was a really mobile native platform. It had just purely grown up around, you know, boomed under mobile. So it was just a way of trying to you know, be relevant and fit in with people's lives and, and sort of plant a stake for the future. The ABC News chatbot has had a phenomenal uh, amount of amazing feedback. I, I just want to ask, why do you think the, the ABC News chatbot has been so well received by the public? I think it's that a well, big part of it has been the talent of the people writing for it. You know, we've, we've set up a framework that, I, that, w that took messaging seriously. We were very deliberately, you know, you can make it more like a website um, where there's not that much interaction, where lots of people do use carousels. And there are some people who do want that faster experience. But we decided that this was this medium was about engagement, um, that, you know, it was a two-way medium. Uh, that's how people used it and that we had to fit in with the, with the medium. So that's what we were very focused on was oh, how could we make it, uh, a, a more natural, a more natural and engaging experience. We we tested multiple ways, of, you know, multiple variations on what we did, and um, so we came to this. But yeah, we knew from test working with WhatsApp that people responded to a really uh, human and authentic approach, and that's not new. People want that from their news, no matter what the platform. I know this started off as a little bit of an experiment. Talk us through that and the lessons you learned along the way. Okay, so first off, we we were looking at you know, actively looking at messaging and working out how to get into the space. Well, we we started with WhatsApp uh, early last year, but that was much more of a, a real messaging platform, and it was very very intensive uh, to to manage. But we got a lot of good feedback about what people responded to, so we had an idea that you know this type of more colloquial, more contextual, more more real, the ABC as a as an entity would work. Um, and then Facebook brought in the messenger platform. I think that was around March. And then so, but for the first project, we went with the uh, federal election uh, because, and that was a more data driven. We've done it before on Twitter. Um, it's, you can get your results for your electorate and um, just by messaging and um, overall stats on the election. So we, we get Anthony Green's um, 
uh, computer output and we put that out in the web and this is a version of that. So we also added some news elements and some background elements that you could message. And so we knew that would sort of work for the election, very tight and contained. Uh, we w there was no real commitment apart from beyond the election and a lot of it was automated because it was all generated data. And then we looked at the transcripts from that and just to see, because that was the test, do people want to get news in Messenger? We had no evidence of that. You know, they had a wide range of interests and most of them with the technology we couldn't possibly meet. So we could see there was interest in, a, in general news, but we had to find something that was feasible. So we, know, we knew from WhatsApp that people liked that conversational tone and liked breaking, getting breaking news alerts. So we knew we could do that bit. But so we, um, we went with this bulletin approach that's quite crafted and just say, you know, most people want the latest news. So let's just focus on that. And we know we can do sort of customized sort of alerts um, like we do for our app. And then we sort of built it out and we gave it to people and we watched how they used it and how frequently they used it because this is a trick with news. We are, you know, we're not a one-off product. We're an everyday thing. Um, so novelty, you know, people might use something as a novelty then stop using it. That's, that's not good for us. Um, so we need to see that if this was habit-forming, if people stuck with it, if it was that engaging, that they wouldn't you know, try it for a few times then put it down and never think about it. And we interviewed them, got their feedback, and then sort of went to another stage of testing where they sent it out to their friends and more broadly, again, we were watching it. And um, then we went to a formal sort of survey situation where we used our audience research department and um, ABC MySpace, which is a, a standing sort of community we've got for um, testing things. And then we did a large scale. Um, there's a couple of hundred people in that. Part of that testing was, you know, how did people sign up? Could they sign up, you know, from a standing start? How, how quickly did they do it after sort of getting the message, do you want to participate? And then did they keep on using it? Did we retain them? So we had you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people actively using it while we were mm -hmm. in trial mode. And uh, it was after all that came through that it was pretty clear that we, you know, we had enough information that it was, was appealing and would get an audience. We didn't know what scale or how fast that would grow. Um, but we did want to launch it before the US election because that was something we could shine at doing live coverage of the US election. Which was in, which was in October, right? Right. Uh, we, yeah. we also had the Melbourne Cup too. So we launched before the yeah. Melbourne Cup. So we, we norm these are things we normally do live coverage of on the, on the website. Yes. Um, and that's, you know, for us, that's when we grow our audiences on the big breaking events. So we, we mm -hmm. knew we could get people in the door that way and be able to offer them something special. How different is the product that you launched on launch day uh, to the one that you started with, you know, many, many months earlier? Yeah, that's, a, that's to a degree, it's a hard one to answer because it's so incremental. Um, it, was, it was things like, do we, do we greet the person by their first name? You know, good morning, Craig, or whatever. Um, that was a, a decision. Like, yeah. whether, was that going to be creepy? <laughs> was that going to freak people out? This, is, this yep. is news too. So, it was a lot of small decisions that were, had to be made. So... How do you make that decision? Well, we, we just put it out and just got the lay of the land because we could put it out there and see how people reacted. Um, right. Particularly because, yep. yeah, we've got a lot of, you know, a lot of our younger, tar that target market of, the, of young women are in their office and they're friends of friends and using that and just going, is that creepy? Uh, do you get used to it? And just going and interviewing them and seeing them, mm -hmm. how they felt about it because it's, you know, you've 
by virtue of them coming from Facebook, you've already you've, you've got information about them. It, it's a limited amount of information. Don't worry, everyone. <laughs> it's it's quite restrictive. But you know, first name, last name. Um, so you know, just greeting someone by their name, um, and that's like the engagement of that is is really good. But we didn't mm. know that before we tried it. That was a risk. But we did that in testing, and there was a yeah. bunch of others. But uh, basically, a lot of it was refinement after sorting out the first, say, four or five approaches we could take. After that, it was sort of refinement and and building it out a bit more, building more features. Like there's search features in there. Would people use them? Um, yes, they did, and they, and they really liked them. They're still a bit. We we're going to do more with that in the future, but it was a bunch of features we were testing, like which ones did they use, which ones they didn't, what types of news. You know, it's hard for me to put distinct boundaries around this thing because we were just uh, changing it. You know, each day. One thing I thought was interesting there was, uh, you know, you're talking about, um, you know, testing and learning, obviously, um, with, you know, just using your example, the the first name. There's no button that says um, <laughs> that was creepy, right? There's no, there's actually probably no data point uh, that you can point to that, that tells you whether that specific thing was, was the correct decision or not. Now, there's a bunch of other decisions you would have been able to make with data really easily. You know, if we put a picture there, then it makes people more engaged or if the headlines bit more clickbaity then people click through more often whatever the the case those are those engagement metrics you do get a lot of you know text feedback people will say if it's creepy straight away <laughs> what, what, what are you doing addressing me by first now how do you know that where does that come from um you the, the it's amazing for that but it's 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 a lot to get through uh, because you do get so much of it well how do you find the needle in the haystack then yeah it's how do you quantify it because with a few hundred people in a in a bidder test like that's pretty easy when you're small but you know now you're like probably over a hundred thousand people like that, that that feedback's really hard to find yeah so that we've got that if they go to the effort we've got a channel where it does go through into a, a feed for the editors to be monitoring um, right. we used to be able to monitor li- the live transcripts but there's just too many people now to to make that easy I tend yep. to monitor what uh, a lot of what doesn't get matched you know if you type something and the, the system can't answer it I monitor a lot of what goes through because that also gives us what people are looking for what they're asking for and I try and you know uh-huh. work out how can we deal with that? How can we, um, you know, provide something to so many people who are asking for quite customized things? Um, but we're, you know, we're bringing back, you know, as we should, you know, we're taking complex, trying to take complexity away from the customer and bring it back, bring it back onto ourselves. That's one of the goals of this medium is of, mm. um, you know, conversational interfaces is that people can talk naturally. Um, I'm not, you know, I, I, I would hate if, you know, people have to use a command-like language, and, and I don't think mm. they will. People need to be able to, to speak the way they want, but that puts a lot of load on us to find how, how to do that. But, you know, to some, to, I think it's more possible than I initially thought. I thought a lot of the stuff was impossible, but as the technology improves, they're finding ways to do things. Because the, the, one of the key things to remember with messaging is it's not a functional medium. It's an emotional medium. People just don't do functional things. They want to respond. They want to, you know, uh, express their feelings or and they want to talk and they want to chat. They say good morning. They say thank you. They say I love you. Yeah, that was me a few times, I think. <laughs> I mean, I, over the over the over the holidays, I was trying to just do, you know, people were trying to match Merry Christmas and then yeah. Happy New Year because people were saying that to the bot or to the ABC. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but they say it. I've got hundreds and hundreds of what you call training examples for the AI part of it, 
Yes. Um, because people use emojis, they use stickers. It's um, and the ways they the way they say it. If you're a religious person, you add a bit about God bless you in there, and yes. there's just so many variations. And we've got a large international audience, and so often in many cases their their English isn't great. So then you've got to match that as well. But yeah, just for thank you, I've got hundreds of different ways that people say thank you in the system so that the bot can respond with a bunch of variations to respond to thank you. But those little touches <laughs> that make a big difference. Welcome to the Quickfire Round, where I ask questions and you've got 10 seconds to answer each of them. So a little bit of pressure, but it's a bit of fun. Are you ready? Sure am. Craig, question one. What brand do you look up to? Uh, I'd say BuzzFeed. BuzzFeed, yeah, a bit of a news organisation, I suppose. What skill are you terrible at? Tying knots. Really? <laughs> when, do you, when do you tie knots apart from your shoelaces? <laughs> okay. Tying knots. Have you got Velcro shoes? <laughs> Just the shoelaces, but any other time a knot is required, I'm running the other direction. What books have made an impact on you and Why? Actually, I'm reading Sapiens at the moment, um, which is like the history of humankind uh, done by an Israeli historian, which is fascinating, um, and looking forward to his next book, uh, Homo Deus, which looks at the future of Homo sapiens and what happens when we move towards post-human and transhuman and all the various cyber and biological combinations. <laughs> Jesus, pretty deep. I have heard a lot of good things about Sapiens. It's actually um, on my bookshelf right now, so uh, I'll get to that shortly, but... Um, yeah, thanks for the recommendation. What's your guilty pleasure? Using work, like mowing the lawn and things like that to listen to podcasts. Hey! <laughs> Craig, describe what an ideal weekend is for you. Oh, an ideal weekend is uh, something at the coast, Gold Coast or, you know, Noosa or Byron Bay, going away for the weekend with the, with the family and having a great time at the beach was the ideal weekend. Sounds perfect. And we've got just the weather for it at the moment, so... Uh... What's your number one resource for learning amazing new things? Well, um, I've, yeah, I subscribe to a lot of emails um, about news industry changes. There's ones from like Nyman Lab in the US and um, a bunch of, of others. So I use those and, and so that just sort of always keeps me up to date with what's going on every, every day. So um, that would be my number one resource. It'd be those morning emails on, on industry news. Craig, do you judge a book by its cover? Uh, yes, I think uh, everyone does, but <laughs> I try and get behind that um, as best I can because, yeah, first mm. appearances are often deceptive as well. And what's at the top of your bucket list? Bucket list, well, that would be having doing something like Messenger again, another project like that that um, hits the mark really quickly. It's, uh, it's, a, it's an exhilarating experience. You've got this prototype that you've built and you've decided you're going to launch ABC News chatbot to Australia and to the world. So, what does that look like? That looked mental. Um, <laughs> it was like we'd already, you know, we, we've got a base and so we launched it and, you know, it was really good responses. Like, it was really positive stuff going. People just going, I didn't know this was possible. And, you know, you know saying stuff about, you know, they didn't expect it from the ABC. And we were surprised they didn't expect it from Messenger. Um, so, you know, it was just about the bot aware, like this bot platform awareness thing that's possibly, hopefully, still not there because it means lots more growth as people mm. discover it. Um, but it was the US election that when things went nuts because that 
went a bit viral. People going, oh, go to this place and you can get updates for the, the Trump election. No one knew he was going to win then. Um, mm-hmm. But it was a lot of interest in it. And the growth was, you know, tens of thousands a day for the US election alerts. And the rate of messages coming in during the election, yeah, Facebook had an interface for monitoring messages coming through and it was just destroyed. It just stopped working. It was just a blur and, and then it hung. So we were just totally blind and then they turned it, then it was turned off because uh, it became a performance problem for the, for the bot to keep that interface going, which, was, which right. was our eyes on how the audience was responding. So we felt blind after having that insight into what the audience were doing. And we just sort of felt blind, but people loved the experience. I mean, we had some load problems, but I think we're probably the first bot in the world to have those rate, rate load problems. But there were just so many people coming in that evening of the US election. Um, it was mm-hmm. just incredible. So yeah, that, that early part was a, was a pretty wild ride. And then I, I wrote about this in, uh, in, uh, in an article for the Walkley's magazine is uh, we were doing interviews for cadets, the ABC's, ABC News' cadet intake program. And I was on the interview for panel for that, and just all these cadets were going, "Oh, and you've done this, and it's amazing." And uh, uh, they, they, like these you know, young, really bright people were were just talking about how much they loved it, and most of the other people it's like didn't know it existed, like on the on the panel or anything. But these that these people had picked it up and fitted it straight into their lives, and that, that mm-hmm. was like you know that brings a tear to your eye when that happens. You did some research recently about the uh, retention rate of um, of users of the of the chatbot, um, and I was astounded to see that nine in ten people use the service every single day. Um, and what's more was five in ten, uh, so five out of those nine really um, are using it twice a day, and three in ten are using it three times a day. So it's not just like people use it and stick around and really love it, but they use it frequently every single day it's it's crazy yeah we want to do more around you know the bot and how to change it more so that people coming back get you know more rewards but it's a lot of it's driven you know around notifications one of the other yeah. key statistics with bots and with our with our bot in particular is the high read rate that you won't see in an app like well you know not not apps i know of but in those especially in those earlier earlier periods so we've got a lot more people in there now but in those earlier periods, we were seeing 90-something percent read rates on, on notifications. That's crazy. <laughs> the, the more narrow the notification group is, the higher the read rate, of course. But those mm-hmm. morning alerts and the breaking news, I mean, so, you know, a bad alert is something that's, you know, under probably you know, 60%. So, but a lot, most mm-hmm. of them are between 60 and and 80% read rates. Which is crazy when, you know, you look at from a marketing perspective, if you're sending EDMs to people, you're probably getting about 30 to 40% um, open rate. And then in terms of click-through rate, people actually, you know, engaging with the content, it's, you know, probably 1% or less. And so, you know, for you to, to say that uh, you're getting um, 80, 70% on average uh, of people actually reading uh, these push notifications, that's phenomenal. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's 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 that's what wow, you know, that's that's one of those things that you can't like bots are really good at and you've got a sustained relationship. That that's this is one of the important things too. It's an ongoing relationship. So if you can set things up right, you can keep on being useful in people's lives with, with these alerts and, and keep them engaged. Mm-hmm. And so it's very much like email in that regard, but it's a much more flexible medium. 
I do want to point out that you know the tone of the tone of voice that comes through um, in the ABC News chatbot is is very different to uh, the rest of the ABC tone of voice. I suppose there's a lot of internet slang and vernacular. There's kind of some memes and jokes thrown in there. There's uh, emojis, um, and then of course there's the gifs. Why is there a different tone of voice coming through in the chatbot compared to the rest of ABC's tone? Oh well, part you know tone is. A factor of, I guess, uh, tradition or legacy, and and the medium you're communicating in. So, this is a new medium. There's, we know, there's grounds to experiment here. So, we're going to take it and and communicate in a way that you know, we know people are communicating. We communicate ourselves this way. So, it's just part of that trying to be authentic, in our own emails and in, in our own chat channels in Microsoft Teams or or Slack. People are communicating using emojis and stickers and gifs. So it's part of that trying to, you know, just explore a more contemporary, colloquial, modern way of of communicating that, you know, mm-hmm. it's like also says to the audience, we get you. I mean, there's is risk that it becomes, you know, dad trying to do something. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's not like uh, uh, our team are, are young. This is the way people communicate. And they're also pushing that medium as well. Like, how can you communicate yeah. with emojis? How can you communicate with stickers? You know, no one's got too many expectations of Messenger. And we've got more license with the website. You know, it's about, you know, we, we, we have done research in the past about where we have license to explore around the, the brand. And so there is discussion about that. Is it dumbing down the news or whatever? But it's the audience, you know, we're saying this is the audience we're going for. They're not ABC consumers now most. You know, that's not the ones we're after. They're more casual news consumers. They live in these environments. This, this is a place they are. And so we want to speak on their terms. So we're going to go to a few listener questions now. Uh, we had some people writing in with questions that they wanted to ask you, Craig. So the first one is from Maddie Palmer. And she asks... Can you explain how the product has evolved and changed since it launched and what did you learn along that journey? One of the big things, I'll start with what we've learned there, is community. Like, I was thinking of this as a very personal medium when we started, that it's not social, but it's somewhere in between. It's a private place. Um, people like that. Um, but they also, when we, we've, we started doing quizzes, we started building quizzes in the bot. Uh, we were originally doing them on the website, but then we started rebuilding them and people really enjoyed the experience. And so we've done a number of things around quizzes where we look for events and then, as I said before, we look for events and how to handle them and say a quiz like uh, the Harry Potter quiz that we did for the Harry Potter anniversary was we put people into, their, they got sorted by the sorting house hat into a house and they an- answered questions and we had the houses competing and then sharing the results and making it a bit of a competition. And People love that. We got a lot of feedback and a lot of it was about the sense of community and also the sense of connection, like mother going, I did it and my daughter did it and it sort of brought us closer together. Thank you. Uh, the next one is from Laura Sullivan who asks, how much convincing did it take for the higher ups to agree to set it up and to finance this project? Well, we built this out of existing. We we. We stopped doing WhatsApp and we pulled back a bit on email. So we, it's sort of like it was, we didn't use new resources to do this. You know, my time was, went into sort of building it. We get a little bit of dev time here and there, but they're all existing. Um, so it wasn't huge from an infrastructure point of view. We got people into the trial very early on, all the higher ups. So they were part of it and they were enjoying it. And, you know, you could show, you know, here are the stats on where messaging's going. 
here's the audience there. So, it just ticked a lot of boxes. The next question is from Derek Harris, uh, who says, I've seen a lot of resistance to using bots as people see them as impersonal. Was this the case at the ABC and how did you get around that? Uh, no, I don't think that was the case with impersonal. Like, as we said, with, with um, WhatsApp, we, were, we learned that personal... That personal it's direct al- approach. It's almost the opposite, right? Yeah. And we also, well, one thing we did do was for the federal budget last year, one of our journalists, Peter Marsh, he went to the budget to the lockup to cover it for Messenger Live. And it was like, is he Peter or is he just sort of the bot? Peter went, oh, you know, hi, it's Peter here. I'm in the budget lockup. What do you want to know? Uh, you know, here's what's happening with the budget, you know, live stuff. Um, some people refused to believe that he was real. Oh, well, Peter, what, what a stupid, you know, <laughs> couldn't you cho- cho- have chosen a better name? It was Peter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we are going to go heavier on that type of personality going forward of, well, you know, people will be at events or, and we will bring them in to, you know, do a particular takeover around an event and to deliver things from a personal per, um, point, you know, not a personal point of view so much, but, you know, really drive that personality in. So it'll become a more of a mixture of experiences that way. But balancing that is going to be one of our, well, we've done it, it's been successful, but how you do that on a bigger scale. Yeah, how do you operationalize it? Yeah. The next one is from Zach Van Manen, who is curious as to what the most subscribed to subjects are. So, he's a big fan of US politics, um, but uh, but yeah, what's the biggest topics that people are subscribing to? Well, the first one, of course, is breaking news. Everyone wants yep. breaking news. There's... Uh, and there, but there's there's debate about where that begins and ends. But I think there's around a hundred. There's well, well over a hundred thousand people subscribed to breaking news, mm-hmm. and then I think there'll be the morning alerts followed by afternoon alerts, and then I think uh, it's either entertainment or U.S. politics that is the mm-hmm. next biggest one. Entertainment's pretty big because we do live, say, live Oscars coverage and a lot of live stuff around that. Eurovision coming up and. We've got to be very careful about spoilers for Eurovision. People really get upset <laughs> around any hint of a spoiler for Eurovision. So we've got special management tools in there for people who don't want Eurovision um, before they watch it. No, it was originally, I think, the US election topic. But yeah, that's the US politics topic now. Um, and it's also a factor we'll probably try and introduce something to, to remove Trump from people's um, bulletins as well because <laughs> there is a bit of uh, exhaustion on on that fa- as well as you know it driving traffic it's also dry you know people it's also driving people away the people who are just mm-hmm. sick of it so that that's a uh, an interesting split there the irony might be that it drives traffic but it doesn't drive retention so it's an interesting challenge to overcome if uh, if people get kind of you know sick of hearing the same thing well craig thank you for coming on the show oh thank you so much it was a pleasure i love talking to you So, Michael, welcome to The Debrief, where we discuss the key takeaways from the interview. And I know you weren't able to make it to- I was going to say from the interview that I did not attend. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I know you enjoyed listening to it and uh, and have got some um, really poignant uh, lessons. Given, you know, it was interesting- we we spoke to somebody about a news chatbot, and I think mm. there was actually some really key, broad customer experience lessons that uh, can apply to a number of different industries. So, mm. do you want to kick us off with your first takeaway? The first thing that really stood out for me was how delightful customer experiences can actually come from anywhere. In this case, it's done in chatbots for a news app, 
we often think of customer experience and we think the very human side, like in terms of, you know, our team members giving service or the processes and ensuring that's all really delightful and they're the things that make up customer experience. And of course they are. But here is a great example where, you know, if, if you worked at ABC and for those, for our international listeners, ABC is sort of like the Australian BBC, which actually makes this even more interesting, actually, because it's a government news-run organization. Yeah. And they probably have some of the best innovation here, certainly compared to the commercial news operators. But the thing is, like, if you worked at ABC and you sat in a t- uh, around a table and you're like, hey, let's come up with some innovative ideas to deliver better customer experiences in the news. I don't know if chatbot would have been the top of the list, right? <laughs> it wouldn't have been on the list, in my mind. Like, a chatbot feels, as an idea, very impact personal um, and not very customer centric. And most of the chatbots that I interact with, I almost feel like they try to be too clever about their either their canned responses or they try to be too clever with B-grade AI and it just doesn't even feel like it's kind of like just give me a real person. (laughs) But what, what, what I suppose, you know, the overall takeaway that really hit me was delightful customer experiences can come from anywhere. In this case, it's chatbots, but actually that opens us up for a lot of out-of-the-box thinking in our own businesses and in our own roles. Um, And I thought that was a really, really nice takeaway. We didn't plan this, but a nice segue into my takeaway, um, which was that, you know, the tone that you present something in is super-duper important. And I don't think the chatbot would have been successful had they not considered the tone and the environment. And so... What was really interesting to me was Craig had this really great line. He said, messaging isn't functional, it's emotional. Yeah, I wrote that down too. What that told me is that the ABC, when they were developing this, they understood messaging as a communication channel from the perspective of, you know, it's conversational. People want to engage. They want to. Mm-hmm. They want to respond, and and they don't want just a list of headlines sent to them. Um, yeah. And so the way that um, and and the way that kind of gets executed is through the tone of the copywriting. It's it's very co- conversational. It's very casual. It feels like you're talking to a friend, and and even like the little canned responses that you're meant to respond with are like. Uh, tell me more or like, why did that happen? Or, you right. know, it's not just like more info or, um, you know, these very like formal robotic things, I suppose. Yes. And so, when we deal with businesses and brands and companies, there's something to be said for injecting personality into, totally. into it. We, we crave that human connection. You know, customers don't want to talk to the condescending corporate brand. They want to speak to, you know, a human voice. Uh, and so, that was a really key takeaway for me. The way they've executed it, it sort of feels like you have your own personal newsreader. Yes, you know that it's a bot that's doing this for hundreds of thousands of users, but the fact that I get to like customize it and I get to have a bit of a like chat conversation and there's a bit of personality going on there, you know, that I, I think is so important. Actually, it's quite interesting. We recently put Alexa in our kitchen at home and I've got two daughters, uh, eight and five, and they're mesmerized by uh, <laughs> Alexa coming into, <laughs> coming into our house. It's so cool. Like they're running from school. And the first thing they do is like run into the kitchen like, hey, Alexa, I'm home. And, you know, Alexa's like, welcome home. You know, good to hear from you again. Um, And they're like, hey, sing me happy birthday, Alexa, even though it's not my birthday. And they have a giggle and like she starts singing. And yeah, like 
Amazon's obviously done a really good job in injecting quite a lot of personality into her, far more than than Siri actually. Um, you know, Google has its own you know version, which they're they're doing a relatively good job on as well. But I think it's all going down the same sort of line, right? Like if you're going to make some technology and do something, then you know really go for that emotional connection and don't be afraid to break some of the rules, like you said around like ABC already has like certain copywriting standards and tone. I mean, it's quite a professional thing, right? Because journalists like delivering the news, and yeah. you can't really be like happy, laughy, jokey. But in 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 a bot sense, like they've done a really really great job in going for that emotional connection. So I I, I agree. The other one that I had that that stood out was the way that they took a test and learn approach, and I think yeah. we often. Especially like for the entrepreneurial people listening or the creatives listening, we often get so excited about like this new initiative that we could do or be like, yeah, do bots. Like we could make it really personal. We could do this. And I could see a team like really riffing on this idea and getting really excited about it. And then I think the traditional way that we do things is we then like go straight into like making this a big bet and a big initiative and like planning a big launch and you know all this type of stuff but they didn't do that um and it's the whole sort of lean startup eric reese approach of test measure learn and i thought they did this really really well right like they had some sort of scrappy mvp minimal viable product they put it in there i even wrote down when they started testing he's like oh then we did large scale tests and large scale was like hundreds of users which is yeah. like still really really small yes and then lots of research and engagement and like listen to the users and then they're like we've got something here that's working um, now let's do this. And I think we can all learn from that. Like I even have to remind myself, even though I live in startup land and we live and breathe this type of stuff, it's so easy to get excited about the new customer experience initiative or the new you know thing. And then you just want to go straight to launch. Like, let's just get it out there. But actually the whole test measure and learn thing is so important. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I, I had that. I, all the stuff you said, I had uh, I had written down as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not often I get you speechless at the end of my little uh, little rants. That's that's good. I think well, I must have covered all the points out of it. So let's sum them up really quick. What was your first takeaway? Yeah, so I kicked off with uh, delightful experiences can come from anywhere. So you know, always be prepared to think out of the box. The second takeaway was look for opportunities to um, emotionally engage with people and, and show some human connection. Uh, the third one was never forget to test, measure, learn with new initiatives. Yeah, I love that test and learn. All right, and that's a wrap. What a great episode. I uh, had a lot of fun listening and uh, chatting at the end. Um, we'd love to hear from anyone, by the way, who is working with bots or experimenting with bots. Uh, and in general, we actually would like to get more uh, engaged with our uh, listener audience for ideas, things that you liked in episodes, etc. And so we're going to... Um, switch things up a little bit and instead of emailing us through if you could add us on LinkedIn that would be fantastic Uh, A we get to follow you and what you're up to and B it's a really easy way for you to drop us a quick line with ideas or you know if you listen to one of the episodes um, you know you can comment on our LinkedIn post or um, you know send in our suggestions so you can find me on LinkedIn I'm Michael Momsen M-O-M for Mary S-E-N for Nelly and you Adam I'm Adam Jaffrey that's J-A-F-F-R-E-Y Bye. Thanks for listening. Customer Experience Leaders is a co-production of Rate It, the market leader in on-the-spot customer feedback, and Wavelength, podcast strategy, production, and amplification for brands. This episode was produced by Nick Jones, Christopher Lawson, and me, Adam Jaffrey, and it was edited and mixed by Josh Armour. Our theme music is by Icolix, Peter Cooley, and The Shrugs. 
If you like this episode, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows. Uh, We have plenty more amazing episodes that you can peruse on your podcast app of choice. And finally, if you're looking for a way to find more valuable and insightful customer feedback in your business, have a chat to the team at Rated. They have some amazing methods of gathering data to help you make every customer experience awesome. I'm Adam Jaffrey. Thank you for listening to Customer Experience Leaders. We produce this show every fortnight, so we'll speak to you in two weeks.